Penn State looks to take down one of the big two. And, of course, Michigan will try and take down its little brother. But Michigan may have some bigger problems with the NCAA. These are new. Lockdown Big Ten starts right now. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So week eight features some big-time games. we got a massive top-10 matchup with Penn State and Ohio State. Zach Seiko is going to join us from Locked On Nittany Lions. We're very excited to have him on in our second segment today. Plus, all these new allegations against Michigan and Jim Harbaugh with the NCAA that all came down. So we're going to get to all of that in a moment, plus our pigskin picks. Be sure to subscribe. Little black button down below. And follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right, the game's first, the allegations second. So hang with me here. Big noon kickoff featuring the most important game of the year until the next most important game of the year. But this one's big. This one's big. Seventh-ranked Penn State traveling to third-ranked Ohio State. I call it the right-to-challenge Michigan Bowl game, right? The winner of this is going to have the inside leg to try and take on Michigan for the Big Ten Championship, if that's how it plays out. You know, but the Buckeyes have a lot of injuries that Ryan Day has to deal with right now, and we're not exactly sure to what extent. Uh, Travion Henderson, they've got three running backs that have been banged up. Travion Henderson, Maya Williams, and Chip Tranum, uh, who was wobbly in the Purdue game. Uh, Dalen Hayden came out, uh, made his season debut, did a fine job for Ohio State at running back. Their number two receiver, Emeka Egbuka, was out last week. Denzel Burke, their corner, he left the Purdue game. And let's face it, Ryan Day is not given a lot of intel as to what's going on with the players because, well, he doesn't want Penn State to really know and who to prepare for. Figured that's how it was going to go down. He did say earlier this week that he was at least hopeful that all of those players would be able to play, but Hope is not definite. We we shall see. Meanwhile, James Franklin, as he's getting ready for this football game, and uh, this this is a biggie. Then this is a big one for Penn State. They've had trouble with Ohio State. They've had good teams in the past have trouble with Ohio State, and things have slipped away. But this is his best and deepest team. And since this summer, the Nittany Lions have felt like you know both a Big Ten championship and a national championship are within reach. And as I said earlier, Zach Seiko from Lockdown Nittany Lions is going to join us in just a few minutes to help us preview that game. So uh, looking forward to all that coming up in just a little bit. Got a lot on our plate here today. Rutgers this weekend. They are at Bloomington to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. And that's at noon on the Big Ten Network. Greg Schiano quietly putting together a very good season. They're 5-2 and two 
after erasing last week's 18-point deficit to Michigan State. That was homecoming, but the weather was horrible. They were getting beat. Everybody left. Nobody saw the fantastic comeback. But they are now one win away from becoming bowl eligible. Meanwhile, the Hoosiers, with a new offensive coordinator, they seem like they're back to the drawing board on offense and at quarterback with uh, Tavon Jackson and Brandon Sorsby. Love to see how that plays out as they're trying to improve things there. Minnesota is at Iowa for a 3.30 kickoff. The Hawkeyes just cracked the top 25 at number 24 this week. Good job there at 6-1, and one, despite the fact they have no offense. And they've had a ton of season-ending injuries to key players. Lost another one, tight end Eric All, who is the other Michigan transfer, along with Cade McNamara. Now they're both out. An ACL uh, tear last week. And you know, behind their defense and the greatest punter in all of America in Tory Taylor at Iowa. I mean, he is worth watching. <laughs> he is, uh, as they enter this game at six and one and they got the inside track on the West division. And after that Wisconsin win last week, so they've got that going for them. Minnesota. Meanwhile, coming up a bye week following their 42 point loss to Michigan, the Wisconsin Badgers, they're going to try and shake off their sluggish loss to Iowa that we just referred to from last week. They hit the road to take on Illinois. The Fighting Illini, they just kicked that last-second field goal to get the win over Maryland. That was a good win. They needed it. They really did. They uh, had trouble finding their way a little bit. Now, Wisconsin, they had, they had some bad – they had an injury in that Iowa game as well as Iowa did. Wisconsin, they lost their starting quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, broke his hand on a follow-through throw, hit uh, hit a helmet, he needed surgery the next day, put a pin in his hand, and so he is out. This game will be on FS1 at 3.30. And Nebraska is hosting Northwestern. That's at 3.30 on the Big Ten Network. Both teams come in at 3-3. Three and three. Both teams should be rested and prepared as they're both coming off a bye week for this one. And finally, it's Big Brother versus Little Brother. It is Michigan at Michigan State. And... This one's under the lights on NBC at 7.30. It's the first time this game has been played at night at Spartan Stadium. And there's a little bit of bad blood from this one left over from last year as both teams had a pretty big fight in the tunnel at the big house. Charges were actually filed in this thing. It was serious there for a minute. Uh, Blake Corum, running back from Michigan, he was asked about it. He's pretty even keeled about it, to be honest, about the melee last year. He says, look, we're not going to forget about it. Like, but we're not sitting here dwelling on it. We've got bigger fish to fry. We want to win championships. So don't uh, expect the Wolverines to have any kind of retaliation. And they're going to be all business this weekend. As for the Spartans, in their loss to Rutgers last weekend, they did manage to build an 18-point lead, but then they blew the 18-point lead. But I'd still expect Kate Hauser to take over for Noah Kim moving forward at quarterback. So this game... The Michigan-Michigan State game, Saturday night, as soon as it goes to halftime, Locked On Big Ten on our YouTube channel. We're going to go live. We're going live on Saturday. Sometimes we do it in the afternoon, sometimes in the evening. But this is going to be very specific. As soon as that game is at the half, because all the other games will have been played, including Penn State and Ohio State, we're going to come on live here on our YouTube channel. So check us out. Make a note of it. Remind yourself. We'll be coming on live, Lockdown Big Ten, and halftime of Michigan, Michigan State. So we're looking forward to all of that one. All right, regarding Michigan, there were still some details coming down while we were getting ready to do this podcast. So let's get into it here a little bit. The Michigan football program is under a new NCAA investigation for allegedly violating rules regarding to sign stealing. 
the rules do not allow in-person scouting of future opponents on your schedule that year. That's what they're being accused of. This is separate from the Burger Gate Jim Harbaugh thing that he served a three-game suspension for at the beginning of the year. And the word was it wasn't going well with the NCAA, and it was going to be more. They're going to come down even hard on them, harder for that. It was going to be more than the four games they were trying to get. There's a school of thought that Michigan said, let's get the three games here out of the way. There may be more, maybe three more next year. Anyway, that whole Burger Gate thing and um, meeting with the student athletes during a, a down period during COVID and all that. Okay, that's all by itself. This today is new. All right? This could be more. Um, sign stealing, by the way, in and of itself is not illegal, but you cannot send scouts to watch programs on your current year's schedule, and you cannot use electronic devices to communicate the sign stealing. If you were stealing them game day, for example, the report's been confirmed by the big 10 future schools on Michigan's schedule, including Michigan state for Saturday have been informed of these allegations. The NCAA informed the Big Ten and Michigan of these allegations late Wednesday afternoon. And this applies to uh, Law 11-6-1, off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents is prohibited. Yahoo Sports is reporting that two schools, presume Big Ten schools, became aware that Michigan knew their play signals. They knew what they were going to do. So the university says it is cooperating with the Big Ten and the NCAA on this matter. The Big Ten released a statement. I will read it to you. Late Wednesday afternoon, the Big Ten Conference and the University of Michigan were notified by the NCAA that the NCAA was investigating allegations of sign stealing by the University of Michigan football program. Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference has notified Michigan State University and future opponents the Big Ten Conference, <clears throat> excuse me, considers the integrity of competition to be of utmost importance and will continue to monitor the investigation. Conference will have no further comment at this time. After they release that, Jim Harbaugh says the Wolverines did not break any NCAA rules. Harbaugh released a statement and he said, quote, I want to make it clear that I and my staff will fully cooperate with the investigation into this matter. I do not have any knowledge or information regarding the University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signals, nor have I directed any staff members or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment. I have no awareness of anyone on our staff having done that or having directed that action. Uh, he continues, I do not condone or tolerate anyone doing anything illegal or against NCAA rules. He says, no matter what program or organization that I have led throughout my career, my instructions and awareness of how we scout opponents have always been firmly within the rules pursuant to NCAA rules. I will not be able to comment further while this investigation takes place. There you have it. Here's what I'm thinking. It's, and I thought this before. I thought while the other stuff was going on last summer and they were talking about the suspension, I thought at some point Harbaugh was just going to say, you know what? I've got my best team ever right here. I'm going to finish this season and I'm going back to the NFL. Then I heard some news that things were pretty good and uh, that a new contract was coming. It was imminent. It was going to be announced uh, in the next couple of weeks. And the story was it was going to make Jim Harbaugh the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. 
Just for a reference, Ryan Day at Ohio State is the highest paid coach, $10.2 million per year. So uh, Harbaugh at Michigan, probably we're going to top that. Give him a 10-year deal, it's going to be over $100 million. And there are a lot of people that want Harbaugh to be the coach there forever. Now, when this comes down, now everybody's kind of looking sideways. They got to get to the bottom of this. Maybe some people seem that feels like the NCAA is after Harbaugh. I don't, maybe Harbaugh did something wrong. I don't know. But if I'm Harbaugh, at some point I'm going, enough is enough. I'm out of here. I, I can't be dealing with this all the time. And maybe, you know, maybe he did something wrong. Maybe he did. But I think this is like the final nail in the coffin. It's like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to go win this championship this year. And then I'm out of here. Cause I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. If the NCAA thinks that he did something wrong, like they did with Hamburger Gate over there. This, based on my experience of covering sports, I could see the penalty could be a postseason ban for at least one year. Or, um, and, and, and it wouldn't be this season. It would be next year and beyond. Or Michigan could self-impose that. And scholarship reductions. Now, you're a Michigan football team where you are just rolling. You got, you got the best team in America, the best roster. You've had it been that way for a couple of years. You've been there many years where you're just recruiting and filling spots and it just turns over and you are on top of your game. You've passed Ohio State. You're up above everybody else. You go start taking 10 scholarships away or something. You watch how quickly the roster thins out moving forward. So this could be a problem for Harbaugh moving forward. Anyway, wanted to get all that latest news in uh, right here. And, um, of course, a reminder that uh, – from Locked On Nittany Lions, Zach Seiko is going to join us in just a minute. We're going to preview the Penn State-Ohio State game. All that coming up right here on Locked On Big Ten. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, with BetterHelp, you can give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash college and get on your way to being your best self. This is very serious. You know, you ever feel like maybe your brain's getting in the way? Maybe you lay down at night and your mind's just racing. You can't, can't shut it off. Well, there's something you can do, right? Um, or in life situations, maybe there you know there's something you should do to make yourself better, but you don't do it. Uh, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. You can learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries and also become the best version of yourself. is isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It can be for a variety of things. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. And by the way, you can switch therapists too along the way with no additional charge. You can make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college. You do it today, you get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on college. You know, FanDuel is fun. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. By the way, talking about Penn State and Ohio State, I believe Ohio State is still a four-and-a-half-point favorite, right, for that game. That's, these are the things you need to take uh, into consideration. 
Uh, whether it's point spreads, player props, over-unders, I like over-unders. Low-scoring game, high-scoring game, all that kind of stuff is out there. But yeah, $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Well, as promised, we're going to talk some Penn State football. Of course, the big game against Ohio State this weekend. It's been on everybody's calendars forever. And joining me, my colleague from Locked On, from Locked On, Nittany Lions, is Zach Seiko. Zach, good to see you. How are you? Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me on the show. I'm, I'm amped up. This is the one that if Penn State can beat Ohio State, a lot of good things come from this more than just a win. You know, I spent a lot of time on uh, on the Big Ten channel talking about Penn State all summer long because the feeling mm-hmm. kind of was, hey, it's not just Michigan, it's not just Ohio State. Penn State's right there. And then the question is, are they better than? Because I know uh, a lot of summertime talk, hey, this team's thinking national championship. This is yep. James Franklin's best team. Um, but I still run into a couple of Penn State alum and fans that – they're like, yeah, I'll believe it when when I see it because of the past problems so with Ohio State. Other good Penn State teams have come up short. Yeah. But I think this feels different. I think this game is going to be a big deal. But uh, do you run into people uh, that are Penn State fans that are like, oh, okay, when we actually do it, I'll believe it? Penn State fans, college football spectators, because that's just it. Well, Penn State hasn't beaten Ohio State in six years. It's going on. This is, this is season number seven in a row where Penn State's got to break the streak. Uh, they had the most re- had the more memorable performance was the one where they were leading by double digits in the fourth quarter, uh, and then they lost thirty nine to thirty eight in the horseshoe. But they played Ohio State tough between twenty sixteen through twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen Ohio State that was a special team. We know that we saw how good they were. Twenty twenty is where that things changed. Penn State just did not keep up with recruiting because of all the COVID restrictions. And Ohio State were able to stay afloat. I don't know how much they necessarily progressed. Like, did any nobody benefited from from all of those things that happened, right? Uh, sports yeah. and everything in this world. But Penn State really took a step back, and now they're finally in that spot, and they're better because of it. I feel like James Franklin and the coaching staff really targeted their efforts to get back to this, and then they landed a signature 2022 class, which is where you have Drew Aller. Nicholas Singleton, Deny Dennis Sutton, Katron Allen, and the rest of them. They've been stacking recruiting classes. And I feel like Ohio State has te- taken a small step back. And Penn State has taken a big leap forward. You know, another issue for Penn, or for uh, Ohio State this weekend, I think they're down, at least they were going into the week, down three running backs, down their second best receiver and a corner. And as you know, Getting intel has been pretty tough this week because they're not going to share any information. I don't know how many of those guys are going to be back, but certainly there may be a uh, weakened Ohio State team, although in reality, they'll probably all play, right? <laughs> yeah. They're going They're going to go. Uh, and the benefit for Penn State is, and I hate to see this because as a neutral college football fan, just a neutral sports fan in general, I want to see Ohio State at its best. I want to mm-hmm. see Penn State at its best. I don't want Penn State to just happen to have a more convenient weekend to beat the Buckeyes here, vice versa, whatever. I, I don't want to catch them. I want to see if Penn State can actually beat Ohio State at its best. But on this case, you said that, is Ohio State better than Penn State? All that matters is, are the Nittany Lions going to be better than the Buckeyes on Saturday, October 21st? And in this case, 
They are because Trayvon Henderson's not 100%. Mayan Williams certainly isn't 100%. Those are your top two running backs for Ohio State. Given a team that has already struggled mightily inside the red zone against, yes, they played Notre Dame. Yes, they're very battle-tested, but they've played some other cupcake teams like Penn State has, and they're 68th in red zone percentage, if I have that correctly. So Penn State, who's already a much more efficient defense, top in the nation according to the analytics, overall top secondary for sure, and they're very good in the red zone as well. So the Buckeyes, I think the Buckeyes are going to be able to move the football, but I also think they're going to settle for a lot of field goals, and Penn State is going to get theirs and set up short fields for an offense that, yes, does have question marks and why people say that, well, I'll see it when I believe it. One thing I noticed watching Ohio State football is they got a lot of new guys on the offensive line this year, and they really haven't quite gelled yet. Like they have trouble getting to the second level and taking out a linebacker. I think Mm -hmm. in the Maryland game, they average like two yards per carry. I think that's something that maybe that Penn state's defense could take advantage of here Saturday. Well, and for Penn state, the secondary is better that I won't say significantly better, but the pass defense is better than the run defense, the defensive, the defensive ends, the pass rushers are better than the interior defensive linemen trying to stop the run. And then you have Abdul Carter, who's basically this freelancer, does anything you ask him to zone, man coverage, uh, be a quarterback spy, send him on design blitzes. So Penn State, they are just set up to handle the pass. And it shows, even though they haven't been as battle-tested as the Buckeyes here. But for Penn State's advantage, yes, having an Ohio State offensive line that isn't as good when they had C.J. Stroud back there to allow him to pick defenses apart, Justin Fields as well. The fact that that, and that's my point. Ohio State has taken a step back at quarterback. Kyle McCord is not the same as C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields. I don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. He's good. I think he's yeah. really good. But he's not those two guys. And then the offensive line, they have been the best in the nation. And I hate to admit that, but they've been in the best in the nation at times over the past five years and even the past decade. This year, not so much. Yeah. So Kyle McCord's not going to get the same time that Stroud did. And the running game isn't going to be able to help set up what Kyle McCord wants to do as well. So overall, Penn State is just going to have those benefits that they didn't have in in the past five years as well. It's a couple things about Drew Aller I want to talk to you about. And, you know, he came out, he was kind of like the shiny new car this year. And by the way, good job, Penn State. You're like the Green Bay Packers of of quarterbacking in college football. You don't worry about quarterback. You get guys, they stay for four or five years, and then you you worry about the next one later. Mm -hmm. But Drew Aller uh, came out swinging. I remember watching the West Virginia game. He throws a nice ball. The kid's kid's really great. He's fun to watch. Um, I did notice on your two road games, right, Illinois and Northwestern, not as good. And this is, uh, look, this isn't uh, Ryan Field and Northwestern. This is Ohio State. You think that'll be any impact whatsoever on him, or is he is he ready to go? I don't think it's a matter of pressure in terms of crowd atmosphere. I think people need to remember that Drew Aller is from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And you can you can look at this two ways. I'm going to start with this. Going back to Ohio, this is almost a homecoming for him personally. Entire family's from Medina, right? They're not too far. Ohio State was supposed to be the school that everyone was thinking about when he was a kid. And if he dreamed of football as a youngster, you know, I've never spoken to him about that. But if he had aspirations when he was six, seven, eight years old, Ohio State was going to be the place. And then the Buckeyes almost shunned him because, well, he wasn't a five star right out of the gate. He was a three star. Mike Yursich recognized that. James Franklin recognized that. And then they recruited him all the way from the beginning to the end where Ohio State offered him two months to go. 
yeah. uh, before National Signing Day. So this is an opportunity for, I, I think, Drew Aller to maybe shake off any demons, that, the nervousness, right? You are going, you are performing in front of your home state. Then on top of that, you also get to act a, a little revenge here because this was the same school that didn't respect you the same way that Penn State did. Now, Penn State has an awesome running game, but let's stick with Drew Aller for a minute because mm-hmm. there was the press conference in the, earlier in the week with James Franklin. Uh, a reporter tried to ask him, hey, uh, let's just chuck it. You guys don't throw deep. I think you had that reporter on your podcast afterward. What do you think about that? Do they throw deep enough? I think they're concealing things, but I also you also have you can only make lemonade with lemons. And Penn State doesn't have that stretch the field player that they have had in the past. Keandre Lambert Smith is a possession receiver. Trey Wallace is a possession receiver. Dante Cephas is supposed to be that, but he transferred in in the middle of the summer, so he's still picking up the playbook. And everyone said, "Well, it times up, times up." No, the second half of the season, the bye week is for those kinds of things. So I think Penn State is concealing it because you don't need the deep ball against Illinois. You don't need the deep ball against Northwestern. You can run because they've been so stubborn with inside zone and everyone's looking around like, you're getting three yards. Why are you doing this? You have the best left tackle in football. Run it his way. That's coming. More plays that are going to keep the Ohio State defense and the Michigan defense honest are coming. I think last year with the 2022 game, Michigan and Penn State, Michigan have been running inside zone, inside zone, inside zone, all on tape because they played that kind of basic schedule to start, that preseason schedule that we all know about routinely for Harbaugh and Michigan. Yeah. And for Penn State, they had a similar setup where they could basically play chess and not checkers. So they're showing the same thing, inside zone, inside zone, inside zone. So what the Wolverines did in that game was they started running counter, and Penn State didn't have any tape on it. They weren't prepared for it. They had to own up to it. It was a poor coaching job, and it was a poor job by the linebackers to not recognize it in the moment. Harbaugh made halftime adjustments. Penn State didn't, but it was nowhere to be found in those first few games leading up to that 2022 game. So the same thing here. Penn State has concealed a lot of its bread-and-butter plays that are specifically designed for Ohio State and Michigan. So you're going to see more deep passing. You're also going to see just some more outside runs. I think you're going to see Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen at the, on the field at the same time. And Penn State might even go up tempo. Mike Yursich has done this when he was an OC at Oklahoma State. You have two, two of the best running backs in the Big Ten in all of the country. And that's certainly coming. And it's for games like this. You don't need to do that against Delaware, UMass, even Iowa. You didn't yeah. even need to do that against Iowa. And that's my point. <laughs> that's an interesting take for sure. Uh, I'm assuming Kalen King will be on Marvin Harrison Jr. all day. How do you see that matchup? Well, Penn State, at least if we're going off of what we've seen last year, Manny Diaz likes to keep his players on the boundary. So if they slide Marvin Harrison to the slot to create some mismatches, Manny Diaz a season ago matched up a safety, Keaton Ellis, uh, or whatever safety was in the slot on Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, he wasn't in the slot the entire game. These were just select plays that were big plays to seal the deal for Ohio State. But I do to sit back and predict, I would like to think that Manny Diaz is going to adjust, but I also don't want them to break blueprint because I think Johnny Dixon is capable of covering Marvin Harrison Jr. on select plays. Both of them are going to win battles. That's the thing. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to get his. Kalen King's going to get his. Johnny Dixon's going to get his. Wherever Harrison Jr. lines up on the field for at, at any given time. So, yes, I want Kalen King to shadow Marvin Harrison Jr. wherever he goes. But this isn't a, a, a man. There's there's a lot of zone. There's a lot of man. It's a hybrid defense for Manny Diaz. There's going to be corner blitzes. 
So Kalen King's not going to be able to match up Marvin Harrison Jr. 99, 100% of the time, because that's just not the way the defense is designed. But uh, we'll see if there are some different, uh, some different wrinkles in the defense to put Kalen King on an island in those make or break type of situations. Now, what was the situation that led to Daquan Hardy and UMass uh, running back to two punts for touchdowns? I, I didn't realize he had never returned a punt before. Was, was somebody injured? Did they make a change? And I assume he's going to be the punt return guy moving forward? Well, he should be if we're talking about explosive plays, which has been a storyline for just Penn State in general on the offensive side and on special teams. You're trying to score. And for Daquan Hardy, I assumed that he was going to be the punt returner. I got some intel that Penn State liked what they saw out of Daquan Hardy in the offseason, but typically they like to put a wide receiver back there, and Caden Saunders had capability. But now that you have this big play ability coming from Daquan Hardy, and he was injured to start the season. So for Daquan Hardy, who hadn't been a regular punt returner, I didn't know, I didn't realize he was that quick. I didn't realize that he was that fast. I thought he was a solid corner in the slot, but he is much faster than meets the eye. So you almost have to put him back there at this point. But there were rumblings that Hardy was going to be the starting punt returner. Injuries changed some things. Caden Saunders was able to hold down the fort. And then you had those big plays from Hardy that kind of changes things here now. Well, I can't wait for this football game, as uh, I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Uh, everybody, uh, Zach Seiko, locked on Nittley Lions. Uh, check him out. Zach, it has been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us here today. I appreciate you having me on as a guest, Craig, and looking forward to it anytime you need me. Thank you very much. And for everybody else, I want to thank our everydayers for checking us out. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, share and follow like uh, and like Locked On Big Ten. Coming up next, we've got our pigskin picks. Stay with us. You know, bird dogs are awesome. They make you look really good. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg. Give you a really good shaped look like you've been working out it's awesome bird dogs try to do the exact same thing as lululemon but they fit way better they fit way better than regular shorts they made that stiff restricting cotton that bunches up in the summertime gets all wrinkly bird dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long and they're functional for any occasion you can wear them golfing out on a date uh anything you know here's the deal because they sent me some and i'll you know, talk about them there i put them on i couldn't believe how comfortable they were i heard how comfortable they were then i put them on they feel like super casual but they look like semi-formal like you wear them anywhere they're fantastic um, and by the way, you get some free merch once in a while. Uh, they sent me, uh, this free nice hat with my, uh, with my order. So go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college and enter promo code lockdown college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off that we promise you. All right, it's the uh, end of the week, and we're getting ready for these games, and it is time for our pigskin picks. That's what we always like to do in this final segment of the week. And uh, again, an explanation, in case you're new to the program, I just go money line. I just go winners and losers. I will give you some advice on the point spreads and the over-unders. 
But uh, just to keep it simple, I'm going to put it up here on the screen, how we've been doing. And uh, let's go full screen with this. There we go. I am, I was five and one last week. And uh, by the way, we get all of our point spreads from FanDuel. Our good friends there at FanDuel. Overall, 57 and 10 on the season. Again, this is straight up. I don't want to brag too much because I didn't do point spreads. That's a lot harder. I admit that. So let's take a look at what we have here. We've got uh, Penn State and Ohio State. And even as we do this this second, I am undecided on this game. <laughs> Penn State and Ohio State. Penn State Ohio State's a uh, five-point favorite. Some places, I mean, I've seen some Vegas books at four and a half, but it looks like five, 45 and a half, the over-under on this one. These are two of the three best defenses in the country. So take the under, under 45 and a half. I think Penn, I, if not now, then never. This is Penn State's time. We just, we just talked to Zach, right? This is it. Give me Penn State. Meanwhile, although I don't, yeah, 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 I'm going to stick with it. Give me Penn State. Let's go to Rutgers in Indiana. Uh, Rutgers, a five-and-a-half-point favorite, the over-under at 40. I think, I think, uh, well, I will take Rutgers. I think they cover by at least a touchdown. And I Rutgers' defense is pretty good. Indiana's offense is struggling. So I don't know if Indiana's going to help out with the total much, no matter what Rutgers puts on the board. So I say the under on this one. Minnesota is at Iowa. How can you go against Iowa? They got nothing. The offense, everybody's hurt, and they win. They're 6-1, and one, and they're at home. Three and a half? Uh, I don't like that hook. My, I don't know about the point spread, but Iowa wins this game. Over, under at 31. Take the under. I always take the under with Iowa. Elsewhere, Wisconsin at Illinois. Good win for Illinois last week, but and both teams look like they're trying to figure things out. Here we are halfway through the season. I am going to take Wisconsin to win this game. Minus two and a half. I think they even cover that. They went by field goal. Over under at 42. I'm going to take slightly over 42 on the point spread. Northwestern at Nebraska. Hmm. This, I'm going to take Nebraska. I think they, they win by a couple of touchdowns, so they cover and let's take the over on this one, 40 and a half. I didn't sound very convicted there did, with conviction, did I? No, take the over, 40 and a half. And Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan will win this game. This recent NCAA story uh, may be bothersome for Michigan. Uh, 24 points. That seems a little low. I think Michigan can cover that. So there and uh, take the over because Michigan can score 40 by themselves. 40, no, they've been scoring 50. So take the over with the Michigan Wolverines on that one. All right. So have yourself a uh, fun weekend. There we go. We're ready to go. Our pigskin picks are in. Many ways for you to reach out to me. You can hit me up on Twitter at uh, TalkBig10. Also website, TalkBig10.com. And also, um, I will, um, there's the Twitter handle. I'll just put it on screen. Uh, ways for you to get a hold of me and on YouTube as well with comments below. I'm going to be fishing through those and going through those and answering them all this weekend as well. And also be sure to subscribe that little black button down below. Uh, that is growing leaps and bounds. And you can follow this podcast right now with your favorite podcast app. And you get the latest episode of lockdown big 10 as soon as it becomes available each and every day. Now I want to invite you to check out our good friends 
on uh, Sports Today podcast, Locked On Sports Today podcast, with everything on the latest uh, going on in sports, on all sports. In the meantime, thank you for joining us. Can't wait to talk again. Don't forget, we're going live at halftime Saturday on this YouTube channel, Locked On Big Ten, halftime of the Michigan-Michigan State game, and then our regular release on Monday morning. So check all that out. I'm Craig Scheman for Locked On Big Ten.